There was a man who lived in a small town. He'd lived there all of his life and he found many benefits to living there. He had lifelong friends and neighbours and family close by. And he had the feeling that he could call on so many people should the need ever arise. The only downside to living in his small town was the fact that employment opportunities were limited. And so he found himself, in order to survive, working in a job that he hated. It had little income and no real opportunity for promotion. But that didn't mean to say that he didn't have dreams. For you see, he secretly longed to be an artist. The man prayed that something would change to allow his dream of freedom to come true. Freedom from financial strain and freedom to create. He felt as if invisible chains bound the true person inside he felt he was supposed to be. One day he received a phone call from a lawyer in a nearby city who told the man that he was to receive an inheritance from a distant relative, a great uncle who had died overseas. According to the terms of the will, he would only find out what the inheritance was when he signed the papers. But the lawyer did say that it was probably worth his drive to the city to sign those papers. And if he did that, then the inheritance that was rightfully his would actually become his. Excited about the possibility that he might at last be financially free to pursue his creative dream, the man decided to quit his job there and then and head for the city. Halfway there, he came to a sign that read, Road closed to vehicles, foot traffic only. There was no suggested detour, and since he wasn't familiar with the area, he had no idea what might be an alternative route. He had no map, no money, and anyway, he didn't think he had enough petrol to make a longer journey. So he sat there, staring at the sign that had become a roadblock to his dreams. The city was still 40 or 50 miles away, and he began to wonder if it was worth it. You see, the road sign wasn't his only roadblock. There was a voice inside his head which said, the lawyer didn't actually say it was a large inheritance. You didn't even know that great uncle very well, so there's no reason to believe that you were loved or even liked enough to deserve a large gift. If you hurry back to town, maybe you can get your old job back. Things weren't so bad, were they? The man fought off the thoughts and wondered about walking. He imagined the walk would be hot and dry, and he had no water with him. So that would be a problem, and there was no guarantee that he would find water along the way. Then he thought about the dangers that he might encounter. He might slip off a steep path and into the undergrowth and be injured and never found. And what about people? There was no telling who might accost him, thinking that he had money. He thought about the job that he'd walked away from. 
It's not all that bad, the voice inside his head said. It pays the rent, puts food on the table. Okay, it's back-breaking work, but it's steady. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought. And even if the inheritance money is enough to allow me to give up work while I create art, who says my art's any good? People might laugh at it. On and on the thoughts went round in his head. And suddenly he grabbed the steering wheel. He grabbed it tightly with both hands. But instead of turning the car around, he prayed, God, if you can, help me remove the roadblock. When he opened his eyes, a hitchhiker stepped up to the car. Going through, the young hiker asked. Can't, the man replied. The road's closed. To vehicles, the hiker said. But if you like, we can walk together. Roadblocks come in all different shapes and sizes. Some, like the road closed sign, come from the outside from society, from people who don't realise that they are squashing the dreams we have about fulfilling the purpose that we feel we have within us. Take the throwaway comment to a six-year-old singing in the corner as they play. Will you stop that racket? Others are internal roadblocks, self-doubts, the voice that says, I'll never sing in the O2 arena, so why sing at all? Sad to say that some of these roadblocks are put there or kept in place by people whose opinions we value, like parents and colleagues and teachers and friends, society as a whole. So it's very hard to push past them and escape their oppression. The Hebrew slaves knew oppression, but they were given a vision of freedom by Moses and they escaped from their Egyptian taskmasters. Then they met a roadblock, the Red Sea, and they sit thinking about the promise and the dream, a vague idea about an inheritance that's theirs if they'll go and claim it. It's an inheritance that might free them to be the people that God has called them to be. But to find out if that's the case, they'll have to trust and risk the Red Sea is a roadblock, but the worst roadblocks bubble up from within. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why did you make us leave? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone while we were still in Egypt? Our Egyptian slavery was far better than dying out here in the wilderness. Now think about it. The Red Sea is a major roadblock, but the real roadblock shows up in their conversations, in their grumbling. It's the doubts, it's the temptation to abandon the calling, the dream, the temptation to exchange the seeming security of what's behind for the promise ahead. 
Yes, the Red Sea is a major roadblock, but the real roadblocks are inside because it's there that we think about risk, and risk is scary. But like the man at the roadblock, the Israelites turned to prayer. We're told they cried out to the Lord. Basically, O oh Lord, we're following your call, but there's a roadblock. Then they challenge Moses, whose solution is to suggest they don't be afraid, stand firm and God will sort it out. But God's response is no, that's not how it works. Move, go forward. And once the Israelites commit to following the path that God has set before him, the roadblocks disappear. The wind shifts. The spirit moves and the waters are held back. You see, things happen, miracles happen once we make the decision to go forward. True, there will be new roadblocks, new external ones, but the most troublesome will be the old internal roadblocks that will resurface, the fears and the doubts they will make them consider taking their eyes off the journey and turning back. It will be a struggle, but they'll persevere, believing God wants them to succeed. And so it is with us. All of us, at some time, are pursued by self-doubt or negative memories which whisper to us, you'll fail. You can't do it. Nobody will listen to you. You don't have a voice. Red seas will appear. Signs will announce road closed. The road behind will beckon, saying, ah, things weren't so bad. Staying where you are isn't so awful. But we too can call for help from the one who has placed the dreams and the hopes within us. And we know he will respond because God has promised to be with us when we take the path that he has set for us. And this is a part of the Exodus story that I want you to remember over the coming weeks. It boils down to two words. Those last two words of chapter 14, verse 15. Move on. Go forward. God calls us out of our comfort zones. He calls us out of those places where we have set up camp, waiting for something to happen, and says, go forward. In his journey from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross, Jesus modelled the practice and the principle of prayer followed by going forward for us, showing us that in doing so, it's then that our needs are met. It's then that we find the power and strength needed to push past the roadblocks. It's then that things happen. God's message to each of us, to his church today is, go forward because God still leads us on the journey, on the path that he has set. 
and he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. We do not journey alone.